1: Another episode of Locked On Dolphins coming at you, and this week is a very special week because ahead of the start of the league calendar year next week, I have been inundated with questions for Power to the Pod, which means today is our second fan mailbag of the week. You guys brought a lot of different questions from a lot of different angles. We're going to tackle them all here today on the show. Tap in, Locked On Dolphins, let's get after it
0: are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Fins up,
1: let's get it. Locked On Dolphins, Kyle Krabs, your host here. It's the Friday, March 11th, 2022 edition of the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. A lot of great podcasts out there dedicated to this great franchise and this great fan base. Uh, So I want to thank you guys for making sure that Locked on Dolphins is in that rotation. So, power to the pod, 2.0 this week. Power to the pod for those uninitiated is your questions, your topics, your hot takes. You submit them. We field them here on the show. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, director of scouting at DraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and uh, ready to dig in. We have a slew of questions it, like we're going to be pushing to even get the iTunes reviews questions. Once again, but we're going to do our best. The first one from Vegas Finns fan. We're diving right in the deep end today uh, is from Vegas Finns fan. I got into bourbon because I'm a dolphins fan and brother, I'll tell you what I feel seen, very seen. Indeed. A uh, great show, Kyle. Nice to have someone who knows the ins and outs of building a franchise Uh, All play a key part, draft, free agency, good coaching, scouting, and successful franchises. I assume you will read this after the combine. Yes, yes we did. Give me three names that could fall to Miami at 29 that could be difference makers. I'm located in Vegas and I, like you, have always been a huge draft fan, haven't missed one since 87, have attended several. Would love to share a bourbon or two when you're out in Vegas for the draft and talk misery together. Well, let's see. Let's see what the... The week in Vegas brings us three names. Impact players at 29. For offensive linemen, I'm going to point to Zion Johnson. I think it's a long shot that he's there, uh, but he is an interior offensive lineman first and foremost. I would point to at wide receiver, uh, potentially Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, Drake London. There's different body types, different skill sets. You could go any number of different directions. Uh, but I, I would point to any of them, depending on what kind of subcategory of wide receiver you're looking for. I think they could all be difference makers for the team. And then if pass rusher is the chosen path, uh, I would consider Boye Mafé from Minnesota to be a name uh, that's going to probably go in that range, that stratosphere. Uh, that could be an impact player as well. So hope that's a good start for you. Uh, Zach, with our next question. Who's your highest priority big money free agent target for the Dolphins? At least ten million dollars per year. What is one you would be? What is the most you would be willing to pay each one? Okay. So some of these names have been removed since Zach submitted this question because of the franchise tag. Dallas. But I digress. Kansas City. I digress. Teron Armstead, Orlando Brown Jr., Chris Godwin. Emmanuel Agba, Dalton Schultz. So Brown, Godwin, and Schultz all got the franchise tag. Agba's probably, 15 million is probably about the right range for him. Toronto Armstead, I think, I would be comfortable going as high as 22. If you get up over 22, then we're going to have to have a come-to-football-Jesus moment and sit down and talk about what the opportunity cost is. But if you got to have him, go get him. You know, there's worse things than, than getting one of the best pass protectors in most athletic offensive tackles in football. Um, so I would say Teron Armstead, it sounds like, and this came courtesy of Cam Wolf uh, on NFL Network yesterday, on Thursday. I mean, he, he gave you a gamut at each of the three spots on the offensive line. He said Teron Armstead, they're going to be hot and heavy for uh, Lakin Tomlinson at guard, and then Ryan Jensen at center. Tied to all three. Uh, they've also said they're tied to Amari Cooper, going to be very closely monitoring that situation. Cooper's probably not going to get $20 million like Dallas gave him per season. Uh, Lakin Tomlinson is probably a 9 to $12 million per year average player, and Ryan Jensen's probably a $12 to $14 million on average per year player. So if you want to take it from the center left and you want to build it with those three, you know, you're going to eliminate the questions about the offensive line really quick. Assuming they're all able to stay healthy. Big assumption, but I digress. Uh, Max, since we are sticking with two at quarterback, why don't we look for a lefty backup? The ball spins and fades the same. The offensive line doesn't have to flip their calls. The blind side stays the same. Are there any lefty quarterbacks we could draft late and develop? No, unfortunately not. That's the scarcity of lefty quarterbacks. Um, And I think the play style is more important than the spin on the ball. Um, I understand the thought of moving the pocket to the throw, the quarterback's throwing strength and so on and so forth with your rollouts and that sort of thing. But you can functionally do rollouts either way and roll away from a quarterback strength. So that's, um, that's a really good thought. If you had more options, I just don't think you have the volume of options at your disposal to be able to you know, use that as a qualifier to pursue or not pursue a player, especially since the dolphins have indicated that they are going to be in the market for a veteran backup quarterback. According to coach McDaniel, I believe that was at the combine that that was. Uh, Metallica Slayer. Kyle, it's been awesome getting my dolphins and football knowledge from you. Thank you I'm going to be a Miami homer for so please forgive me I want your take on two players Tyler Van Dyke and Dier King quarterback and quarterback slash athlete from University of Miami let's say two it doesn't work out and we're looking for to draft a quarterback in 2023 if Tyler Van Dyke stays the course and continues his growth are we looking at a possible first round pick and maybe a Miami dolphin would love your take on him I got Bernhardt in the Finns reddit verse for this one given McDaniel's creative use Of running backs, could Derek King be a good UDFA pickup for a hybrid running back wide receiver and passer when needed for trick plays? Uh, I don't know whether they would burn you for that. Uh, Derek has been working out all throughout the pre-draft process as both a quarterback and a wide receiver. I think of Malcolm Perry from Miami Dolphin. Uh, He played on the uh, Navy Naval Academy and served as their option quarterback and and was a late round draft selection for the Dolphins. showcased a little bit of flair. I think athletically you know, and, and physically, De'Aaron King's a similar player. As far as Van Dyke, man, that dude's got a hose. He can sling the ball around like nobody's business. Um, he does have some significant growth. He's a bigger quarterback. He's a little long with his release and his throwing platform. And uh, I think he's really got some fundamentals to continue to, to add some touch on to. But you watch him just naturally throw the ball around. And I've kind of seen him from afar. You know, ACC is not my region for scouting at the draft network. Uh, We divide and conquer throughout the course of the summer and the season, and then we come together nationally to do this time of year. Uh, So I've only seen Tyler from watching other ACC players in cross checks. But my goodness, when he decides to cut it loose, He can cut it loose. There should be no questions about the arm talent that he has at his disposal. Uh, Ben, Benjamin, hello, sir. Which receiver would you rather? Love your show, especially when I get to pop on the live stream every now and then your audience interaction is unmatched. Thank you. Would you rather run it back with last year's receiver group, including a healthy Lynn Bowden, or only keep Jalen Waddle and have to start two other rookies alongside of him? What would this potential rookie group look like? And how would the lack of experience affect the offense versus the continuity from last year? I'm not, I'm not accepting any course of action that does not have Matt Collins on the roster. I so desperately need this dude back. I love Matt Collins as a football player. Um, and I'm excited about what Lynn Bowden can do. I'm cautiously optimistic because obviously Lynn's sample size of actually playing at the NFL level is still uh, smaller than a lot of the other options that the dolphins are going to have at their disposal. So um, I would probably run the group back. Um, It's the devil, you know, versus the devil. You don't, I at least know what the limitations are um, with some of the receivers that are on the roster. Devante Parker, when healthy, is a very very good player. It's just the question of how often can he stay healthy. Um, but so I would take the group that we had last year, but I would also be very disappointed with any outcome that does not include two new receivers in the room. I just wouldn't take all in experience. I would rather have the experience this guy instead. Guys, football season's over. The offseason is getting ready to start, but football season is over. So we've had to come to terms with that. But the good news is it is that time of year again where college basketball's tournament is upon us. For all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport, sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts.
0: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover,
1: tag-related question. This is more, uh, seems like more salary cap optics. Uh, If you franchise tag and then trade a player, or trade a player on the fifth-year option, does the team trading the player take on any of the money slash cap hit? No. That's the nice thing. Uh, The franchise tag and the fifth-year option effectively works as a fully guaranteed base salary. So I know we touched on that a little bit yesterday in talking about the Byron Jones conundrum, but it, for let's use Mike as an example, and let's pretend he's going to be a tight end. And and I certainly hope for Dolphins cap perspective, he stays to be a tight end, Uh, but that $10.9 million cap hit is a fully guaranteed salary for the upcoming season. doesn't matter whether you get hurt. doesn't matter whether you get cut, but if a team were to trade for you before the start of the season, they would then be obligated to pay you that contract because you're effectively serving on a one-year contract. Uh, Even though it's a fifth-year option, the same rules apply to fifth-year options. Fully guaranteed money on those guaranteed options, franchise tag fifth-year option. Whatever team is playing for you, as long as you are under the same contract, they are responsible for the money that you are owed. So for example, if Miami Trades, Mike Isecki on the franchise tag, They will not incur any dead cap to do so. And then the pressure obviously flips to a team that was trading assets for that player on a one-year fully guaranteed deal to negotiate a second contract. And that's what you saw the Kansas City Chiefs do when they did the pick swap last year with the Baltimore Ravens to get Orlando Brown Jr. He got in the building. He played out the year on the uh, franchise tag. And then the Chiefs hit him with the tag again because they couldn't come to an agreement on terms of a deal. But Baltimore did not incur any uh, cap penalties for that. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, The next question comes from um, somebody who's disenfranchised with Dolphins owner, Steve Ross. And the title is Connor Hayward Evaluation. I've just come across Connor Hayward played running back in college and made the switch to tight end. Six foot, big lad, but undersized at tight end you see a possibility where Miami could look at him as a fullback in Mike McDaniel's offense? Yes, I do. Um, I would say this, however, if the Dolphins are going to go for a fullback and you only use one roster spot on that guy, right? And I don't think Connor Hayward is a good enough tight end to justify him being under contract and on on the active roster as a tight end. It'd have to be as a fullback. I would want back, who have experience at the highest of levels playing fullback. That is a different role, different responsibility. The versatility is there. You can get him on the practice squad, let him develop, great. Uh, But I think he is more of a developmental type player, and you can't burn an active roster spot on him with the experience that he has, in my opinion, and that is just my opinion. Uh, JT Seymour. But the mock draft, it appears. Thanks for all you do. Hope you're having fun this week. This was in Indianapolis. Please rate my draft through five rounds, courtesy of the Draft Network. Of course, the more I mock draft, the more I think 50 is kind of the linchpin of a good draft. Number 29, Bernhard Raymond, offensive tackle, Central Michigan. Number 50, running back Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M. Tyreek Smith, pass rusher, Ohio State, 119, linebacker, Jojo Doman, Nebraska, 123, Alec Pierce, wide receiver, Cincinnati, and 157, interior offensive lineman, Cole Strange, Tennessee, Chattanooga. Okay, so I'm grading this draft, right? That's what you've asked. You've asked me to roast you, so I'm going to proceed to roast you with love, but roast you nonetheless. I'm super apprehensive about Bernard Raymond, especially in the first round. Uh, the athletic profile fits. Absolutely. Uh, but this is somebody who's only played offensive tackle for two years. He was a tight end during his first two seasons at Central Michigan. And he's added a lot of mass onto his frame and he looks the part, he looks good and he still carries his weight extremely well. And he, he showcased himself fairly well in the games that, that they played against upper level competition. But I just don't know if you want to get this offensive line right to draft another developmental, high ceiling, modestly low floor offensive tackle at 29. I'm a little gun shy at that proposition. 50, Isaiah Spiller, yes. I think he's a great stylistic fit for what the Dolphins want to do running the ball. I think his vision is pretty strong. Tyreek Smith. Maybe a little early, would be curious what other pass rushers were on the board for you there. Um, but he popped a little bit at Ohio State. I'm a big fan of his tape, and I think that third, fourth-round range is the right range for him. JoJo Doman, perfect coverage linebacker. Take the Duke-Riley role. Take the reps you're trying to give to Andrew Van goal. Give him to JoJo Doman, who's a former safety, who's bulked up to 225. That's chef's kiss. Alec Pierce, big-bodied, uh, explosive, linear, explosive athlete at wide receiver for Cincinnati blocks his butt off so perfect for that that fourth fourth round range cole strange is probably going to go before where our our simulator has him coming off the board i expect he's probably going to be a a late three early four i think it's way too rich for him to go in the third round based on what he showcased at the senior mole kind of looked physically overwhelmed at times but um If you would have told me I signed another offensive tackle and free agency and and went a different direction at 29, I'd really like this group. But I am super apprehensive. I'd probably give it a C plus, B minus. I'm just really scared of that pick at 29. Uh, Jay Walkie, Dolphins Daily, must listen. Thank you so much. Review for the show. Thanks for all the hard work you do, keeping us informed on the soon-to-be Super Bowl champion, Dolphins. You, I like you. I like it. what are your thoughts on trading a third round pick for Saquon Barkley? I don't like, it. I don't like it. dropping back in the draft saints at 49 would allow for more 50 to 75 pick range. Uh, so you're suggesting a trade back from 29 with the saints potentially to go up, and get a quarterback since they don't have one, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but you could add more day two draft selections is I think the assertion here, walking away on draft day with a, wide receiver like Christian Watson from North Dakota State, an offensive lineman like Tyler Smith from Tulsa, a tight end like Trey McBride from Colorado State, a linebacker like Darren Beavers from Cincinnati, drafted the San Diego State punter late and Josh Joe. I I just really struggle with the concept of bringing in Saquon Barkley who's going to be in the last year of his contract, with the injury issues that he's had, the lack of anticipation and vision that he's kind of showcased throughout the course of his career with the Giants. I just don't think this move is for me, personally. He's an extremely physically gifted player and talented player. But his vision in his own system I don't think is one that I'm particularly enamored with, especially for the price point, especially with the short-term potential dividends that's it's going to return i'd rather invest big dollars big dollars elsewhere um and if you want a running back get a vet who's on his third contract and then draft a guy i think is probably where i stand and year to year that opinion changes just because of the nature of the running back position. but uh, one thing that does not change is my affinity for built bars built Bars is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar these things are high in protein High in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all the bars. They are delicious. Top of the first round caliber protein bar right now. You can visit Built.com. Use Look at me. Look at me. You can visit Built.com. Use LOCKED15 as your promo and save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15 to
2: save 15% off your next order, the world's most Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I am beginning to see light at the end of the tunnel. JG,
1: next review. It's a good one. It's a good question. Wondering where you would rank Hunter Long amongst this year's tight end class? Would he be a third-round pick this year? We, um, proceeds to to ask more of a question as far as this was submitted before the franchise tag deadline and the declaration that both Dalton Schultz and Mike Gesicki got the franchise tag. So, where would I rank Hunter Long amongst this year's tight end class? You know where I'd rank him, right around where I had, had we have Cade Otten ranked from Washington in this year's class. Early three. I think he's in the valuation perspective. Um, I might, I might end up liking him better than some of the guys that are kind of consensus top guys like McBride or, or Jalen Weidermeyer. Um, I think Hunter Long's skill set is, is more well-rounded uh, than either one of those two guys. Uh, I don't think he's quite as dynamic with the ball in his hands as what um, what Trey McBride is, uh, I would compare him very similarly to Kate Otten, but he's probably a little bit of a better blocker than Kate Otten. So, uh, right in that 60 to 75 range in the draft class is kind of where I would just kind of off the top of my head ballpark. Uh, MKD fan for life, Kyle, been a while. Thanks as always. No, thank you. Question with Amari Cooper and Jarvis Landry possibly being released. Do you see them as potential targets uh, for this offense? Amari Cooper, yes. Amari Cooper is, when healthy, one of the best route runners in football. You know what being a really good route runner gets you? Separation. You know what Tua does really good with? Throwing to receivers who get open early in the route. Jarvis Landry. I loved Jarvis when he was here. I really appreciated the toughness, the fire, the leadership. Production. I know he kind of got a bum rap when he was here because the the saying was, "Well, he constipates the offense because you're running through him, but everything's shallow." But I do feel like Jarvis Landry. His best days are probably behind you, and you would probably be behooved as an organization to find players with a greater ceiling to tap into than in Jarvis Landry, unless you can get him super super cheap. I don't know. If that's that. That's a possibility. We have four more questions. The next one from Chad, Miami Dolphins. What's up, Chad? Was fascinated by a story about Kyle Shanahan that was mentioned on another podcast about what he needs to make his offense work. He said he needs a dominant X receiver, possession receiver, burner, pass-catching tight end, two pass-catching running backs, and a cerebral center. From a personnel standpoint, somebody tell me what show this is. Was this flying coach with with Schrager? Was this something else? Cause I'd love to, to go back and listen to this. I think we have a few pieces of this puzzle, but curious to hear what you think we are missing as well as names to target. Sure. That's, that's like three days worth of content. I'm not going to give you the whole thing, but I will go through what I think we have here. A dominant X receiver and a possession receiver. I would probably classify as the same. Your X receiver is the guy who's lined up on the line of scrimmage, plays through contact. You're number one. He's early in progressions. Uh, he's going to have to be press coverage. And length on the outside with consistency and be physical. I think you have that when he's healthy in Devontae Parker, but Devontae Parker is not nearly healthy enough with any level of consistency. And I would also say you don't need that player to be, everybody would love to have a dominant X, but if I were to go through the entire league you know all many teams, I would probably say have a legit dominant X receiver. It's probably like eight, like a quarter of the league. Like those guys are rare. Those are rare birds. I would settle for a really good one, a possession or a burner, which yes, we have a pass catching tight end. Yes, we have two pass catching running backs. You bring back Duke Johnson. That's going to be one. Miles Gaskin could potentially qualify for that role. A cerebral center is the one I probably have the hardest time with because Michael Dieter's um, experience and workload at center is light. This was his first year starting at center. If you can get Ryan Jensen, like, yeah, you should probably go get Ryan Jensen if that's going to be a backbreaker for your offense. Uh, so I would say you probably need a, a new X receiver. You need probably a pass-catching back and probably a cerebral center. Out of that pre-de- predefined criteria from a podcast involving Kyle Shanahan that I would really love to know where you guys heard from. Larry Odin with the next review of the show. Kyle, what's up? Know you've been busy with Combine. Loads of information. I did another TDM mock and came up with Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah, John Mechie, wide receiver, Alabama, and Quay Walker to completely revamp our linebacker unit. What do you think? Have a great day. Um, I like these players. I would like, if you're going to go two linebackers, though, I would ideally like the second one to be a guy who's a little bit more rangy. I do think Devin can play Mike. He can play on the end of the line of scrimmage. He can have some passing down skills as a pass rusher. Uh, and then John Mechie is very much the kind of receiver I could see the Dolphins really going for. Would just love for him to work out his issues with some concentration drops. Uh, but then Quay, like, was Channing Tyndall out there? Was he available? Was um Troy Anderson from Montana State? Was he available? I mean, these guys are like four, three athlete or four, four athletes type of guys. And I think having that guy, especially if you're not going to bring back Duke Riley, would make a lot of sense to be the second part of the double dip to overhaul. Uh, Lieutenant Spears, what's going on? Another mock draft. Our next to last question today on Power to the Pod 2.0. Kyle, thanks for all you do. Uh, Got a little TDN mock for you. Oh, we got trades. Let's go. This man's got trades. Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, traded a day three pick to move up a little bit and go get – oh, you, I mean, you moved up on a couple of these. He got very greedy. Trevor Penning, offensive tackle. Kenneth Walker, running back, Mississippi State. I don't think you would have had to trade up for him. I think you could have kept that pick. Uh, Tyreek Smith, edge, already weighed in, gave my thoughts on that. Uh, Alec Pierce, wide receiver, Cincinnati going to give my thoughts on that, Kyron Williams, running back Notre Dame. You want a pass catcher? That's your dude because that dude can pass, bro, like crazy too. He's just one ninety five and he ran four six. Okay, I don't think anybody's going to lose their mind over James White and his forty time either. And I think Kyron's better in pass, bro. And then one thirty six, Jelani Woods, tight end from Virginia. I love Penning. I love Walker as an early down guy. I, I love the fact that you got more of a, a third down guy in Kyron Williams as well. Uh, Jelani Woods is a dream that late in the draft. As far as an inline guy, you want to go heavy personnel. You want to get real crazy, get creative. You put Hunter Long in the backfield. You, you put Mike at slot. You put Jelani with his hand in the ground. This is a good draft. Now, I, I think you probably are going to have to go up a lot higher than where you traded to at 23 to get Trevor in this simulation. And Listen, I understand the whole the whole concept of everybody gets all snooty with the mock draft simulators and all of them. Right. It's like, oh, this, this guy's never going to be here in this spot. Right. But it presents you with different iterations of reality and how you would react based on who was available. So that's my feedback for just that penning pick. I predictively saying he goes top 15. If he gets outside the top 20, though, like, yes, we need to do what we need to do. So that's a different conversation than talking about Bernhard Raymond. Is Trevor Penning is an ass kick and he plays angry and he showcased himself really well at the senior bowl impact player in the run game. You want to overhaul the dolphins run game. That's the kind of offensive lineman you got to go out. Kay Strotts trying to stir some stuff up here to bring the, the player, the, the podcast to a close Listen, locked on dolphins. Uh, I head over after listening to locked on dolphins, I head over to three yards per carry. And I would like, before I continue any more on this, I love three yards per carry. I love the guys, Simon, Alf, Chris, very, very bright. I love hearing their input, and I love that they have different Mm -hmm. opinions than me, and this is where Strautz is going to take this comment. Personally feel, while I personally feel your analysis on player personnel is accurate, three yards per carry has great insight. You guys were miles apart on the McDaniel hire, however, and more concerning, your analysis of Robert Hunt is night and day compared to theirs. You seem to be all in on Hunt while they are take him or leave him. What are you seeing in Hunt that maybe they are missing? And if this turns into a locked on Dolphins three yards per carry Gangmore, I'm team locked on Dolphins. That's that's no need. We're all team Dolphins, right? I would say this, um, my personal assessment of Robert Hunt as a player um, is that I think he has the physical skill set to continue to develop and get comfortable playing at guard. Uh, And I think he has enough lateral range while having ample forward push and power and ability to reset the line of scrimmage. And if this is going to be a run-heavy offense, I want that guy. Like Tomlinson Tomlinson's going to be pointed to as a very popular signing for the Dolphins, and we'll see if the Dolphins actually go that route. His physical profile compares probably less favorably than Robert Hunt. I think Robert Hunt's a more functional athlete. Um, So in this system, I'm trying to project that forward compared to a guy like Lakin Tomlinson. Um, I can get their thought process, though, from the standpoint of don't let a guard dictate your terms on how the offseason is going to progress. Your tackles are your linchpins, and your center is the keystone. Right, The guards are the bridges in between. And nobody's expecting, uh, Daniel Jeremiah said this on his pre-combine media conference call. Uh, You don't need to have five all-pros on your offensive line. You just can't have any absolute stinkers. And that's not the word that he used. I just can't remember the word that he used. And I don't want to look it up because we're wrapping up the show. Um, You just can't have any clunkers out there, effectively. You can't have one absolute disastrous bag egg. Bad egg. The Dolphins probably had two, if not three, bad eggs last year. So that's why, as Cam Wolf reported on Thursday, when the Dolphins are getting ready to advance into this offseason and they're reportedly thinking about signing two or three starters, that's why, because you have that number of X clunkers who were starters last year. So if you can replace a handful of them and then you can let the remaining components who are very much young, physically talented players who have just not pieced it together yet, let them all compete on cream rise to the top. That's how you get an improved offensively. And that's how you get through a week here on Locked On Dolphins. I want to thank everybody for carving some time out of your day to listen in or watch the show. We are over on YouTube at Locked On Dolphins. Make sure you like the video, hit subscribe. That way you get notified when we go live, when we run the pre-recordings, all that jazz. Fins up, make it a great weekend, buckle in. To start next week, we're doing a mock offseason from yours truly just in time for it to get thrown in the trash when the actual negotiating period starts. So plan accordingly. Kyle Krabs, keep it locked in right here on Lockdown Dolphins and make it a great week.